Hi, everybody. This is Mary F. I am a food addict and compulsive eater, and I live in Florida. And I am very grateful to be here uh, with you tonight. It's been a while since I've been on one of the 100 pounds meetings, but I have had the opportunity to share before, and I always count it a blessing. It's a very strong meeting with a lot of recovery and, and people who are you know, who are who are really dedicated. It's been my experience being here. I'm grateful to have been asked. Thank you very much. Um, I am what, what I call a low-bottom food addict. And what does that mean, that I am a low-bottom food addict? Well, I, I um, the disease of food addiction, the disease of compulsive eating almost, almost killed me. I almost um, died of this disease, and um, that was... One, just from the physical consequences of the disease, but then it was also the emotional and spiritual devastation, the emotional and spiritual um, complete hopelessness that I felt um, being in the disease. And I did not realize it at the time that this was a disease. I thought it was just an illness, not even an illness. I thought it was just a problem that I had with weight. And I thought that self-will, um, if I just exerted my willpower enough, um, I, could, I could get control of my weight. In our invitation to you in the third edition of Overeaters Anonymous, it says on page two, we believe that no amount of willpower or self-determination could have saved us. Times without number are resolutions and plans were shattered as we saw our individual resources fail. And um, there, I, I have um, a, a pretty strong will. I have a lot of self-determination. I have, um, I have tried many, many times to, to lose weight and sustain a weight loss. I've lost 100 pounds five different times in my life, so obviously I have some measure of ability to stay on a diet. Um, but as the disease progressed in me, those times got shorter and shorter and shorter as, and to the point to where I couldn't even commit um, to, to commit and stay on, on what I had committed for my food for a single day. Every day I got up and tried, every day I failed as the disease progressed toward the end. My top weight was 340 pounds. I uh, weighed that in 1986. I was 34 years old. And uh, currently I am 71 years old. I weigh 142 pounds. So I've maintained just about a 200-pound weight loss for, um, I don't know, 30, it's been 33 years since I've eaten compulsively, so probably about 31 years. And um, I say that only to emphasize um, the the next paragraph in the our invitation to you. It says, so we honestly admitted to our if, if willpower, self-determination, and all of our tries didn't work, it says, so we honestly admitted to ourselves that we were powerless over food. This was the first step toward recovery. First step toward recovery. 
it followed that if we had no power of our own, we needed a power outside of ourselves to help us recover. And that is absolutely true. Um, I could emphasize here, we were powerless over food. I actually believe that I am powerless over certain foods. Just like an alcoholic drinks, they just don't drink alcohol. I eat, I just don't eat my addictive foods, the foods that create um, a um, phenomenon of craving in me once I ingest them. There are not that many um, there, but, you know, um, sugar is the main one. There are a couple of others, but I binged on um, my, um, my primary addiction and foods that, that um, contained that substance um, was, my, was my go-to, my panacea for life, my, when I felt um, any kind of uh, feeling, whether it be celebration, sadness, loneliness, fear, anger, resentment, um, self-hatred, um, uh, pain, grief, I went to food for, for comfort. I've heard it said that what, whatever and whoever we go to in, in times of pain, in times of, of um, emotional distress, whoever or whatever we go to is our higher power. And it was, it's without a doubt that I turned to food. I learned it at a very young age. I, I didn't learn it. I believe I was born addicted to food. Food worked for me. Certain foods gave me that sense of awe, gave me that sense of comfort, gave me that sense of everything's okay now, everything's going to be okay. And um, everything was not okay. Growing up as an obese child, I weighed 100 pounds in first grade, 160 pounds in third grade, almost 300 pounds by the time I was in seventh grade. And... um, it was not easy. There was not abuse in my home. Um, I, there was no sexual abuse as a child. Um, there, my parents were supportive. My siblings, my brothers teased me a little bit. But um, for the most part, it was when I walked out of the door that things got really hard. When I became a, the brunt of jokes, of physical um, having things thrown at me, tripped in the halls of school, unable to fit in chairs, um, being told that the bus would tip over when I got on the bus or, you know, the kids going to the other side of the bus, and the humiliation and sense of hopelessness and despair that I felt was, was truly unbearable. And there were many, many times when I was a child that I would go to bed at night and I would pray that I would die in my sleep because the pain of the thinking of getting up and going back to school the next day, of putting myself in the situation again, was just too much for my, for my little soul. And um, I know today that it was not my parents' fault. My parents did their best. I believe that one of my parents may have been a food addict. My other parents certainly um, dealt with weight. I don't know for sure. They both died quite young. There were five of us children. Two of us 
three of us um, had problems with weight. Two were very, very normal eaters. And even as I talked with my one brother about his eating, and not his eating, but we talk about the way I used to eat, um, lying, um, stealing, hoarding, um, he, he binging, binging on whole, um, the, the whole whatever, fill in the blank. They were one portion size for me. My brother says he cannot relate with that. Um, so while I thought that weight was the only criteria for me having um, this disease, I realize now that my excess weight was just a symptom and that what I needed to deal with was the, the thinking and the, the mental obsession. The big book talk in the doctor's opinion talks about the allergy of the body and the mental obsession and, um, and that the main, main problem centers in the mind. And I used to say, you know, if I could just cut off my head, I'd be okay. I could just cut off my head because I couldn't stop thinking about my binge foods. I couldn't stop thinking about them. Even when I was on diets, I was pretty much white-knuckling it. I did not have the experience that I have today by being in recovery through the 12-step program of Overeaters Anonymous. The, the experience of what is promised in the big book um, as a result of having this spiritual awakening of working these steps, I have a sense of neutrality. I have a sense of I, I don't even, food is, doesn't come to my mind as a solution today. Did that happen all at once the day I woke up and said, oh, it's a bright sunny day. I think I'll go to Overeaters Anonymous and give up the most important thing in my life. No, 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 no. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I decided that I would eat till I died because I couldn't imagine life without the food, and I knew I couldn't quit. And that was in late 1989 when I just said, I, I can't quit. I've proven it to myself, and life would not be worth living without my addictive foods. And um, it took a great deal for me to be able to get abstinent and maintain abstinence. I am a survivor of relapse. Um, I believe, I've come to believe that the last thing we do in a relapse process is pick up the food. The last thing I did in a relapse process was pick up the food because I'd start let, letting go of the disciplines that were working. Um, and so today I have, I need a power outside of myself to help me recover. And I also believe what the big book says that we need to find the great that we can find the great reality deep within. So I I do need to connect and have connected with this power greater than myself within through prayer and meditation, through surrender, through um, through willingness, through honesty. Um, being able to be honest takes a power greater than myself. But I also need much of my, most of the ways that my higher power, a power greater than myself shows up for me is through other people. Um, it is through other people. I, I've been in treatment twice. The second time was I relapsed after the first time. 
the second time, it was the people in the treatment centers. It was the clients who were abstinent. It was the sponsors that I met um, when we would go to the meetings, um, when we would go outside the treatment center and go to the meetings. It was the sponsors that I had. It was the, the words of hope and encouragement that I would um, and continue to hear at meetings. It was the literature that became alive to me, the big book primarily. When I was in treatment the second time, there was a woman who would come to our treatment center on, I think it was Saturday night, and she would just teach us from the big book. And she made it come alive for me. And I started to recognize myself in the thinking, in there is a solution, there is more about alcoholism, even in the doctor's opinion, even in Bill's story. I started to identify with this is the way my mind works. I think that I can put a little bit of whiskey in my milk and it's not going to affect me. I think I can have a little bit of my addictive substance along with my salad and it's going to be okay. I think I'm going to be able to control it. And no matter how many hundreds of times I proved to myself I couldn't, I'd say I was going to eat one and then, you know, I'll just have one more and then I'll just have one more and pretty soon I'd be off and running and scrambling trying to replace it so that nobody would know. And, um, you know, this has been quite a number of 24 hours that I haven't found it necessary to use food to cope with life today. But that that does not mean that life is perfect by any means. Um, I have to, you know, I continue to, I don't even have to, I get to use the tools of this program as a way to to um, get support to work the steps. And I learned through bitter, um, devastated eating that and and relapse that I can't let up on my spiritual program of recovery even for a day. I I have to I get to work a very disciplined format and structure of the Overeaters Anonymous program. I am addicted to volume. I weigh and measure all of my food. I do do prayer and meditation every day. I do do a written inventory at night before I go to bed. And my inventory last night that I read to my sponsor this morning was not pretty. I had gossiped um, in the community that I, I live in, an independent living community, and I had gossiped with two of my friends here about um, one of the staff members. And um, I, Thank you so much. First, I didn't think much about it. And then as it got closer to the evening time when I was going to go into my quiet room and do my inventory, I started thinking about my day, reflecting. And I became, you know, really embarrassed and ashamed for my behavior. And I, I, God, I thought, how can I not tell my sponsor? I'm so afraid of, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to tell her. How can I? get out of this? How can I, you know, um, get around this? And then I realized that the way around it is through. The way around it is through the steps. Um, Taking an inventory, looking at what 
what prompted me, what got ignited in me, what um, of my basic instincts got ignited in me that led me to to um, to gossip about someone. And I named it gossip. Oh, you know, but it's like, it's just like any of my defects of character. They separate, they cause harm to me, to others, and to my relationship with others and with God. And so, you know, I did my writing. I uh, read it to my sponsor. She helped me to come up with a plan for step six and seven, becoming entirely ready to have God remove this defect from me, humbly asking them to do so, and then came up with a plan for how I can make amends to the two people that I gossiped with. And I will see them again tomorrow, and I have written out what I plan to say. I, um, In addition, regarding physical um, abstinence, I do commit my food every day. I do weigh and measure. I do um, call in food changes because I'm a, I'm a real liar when it comes around food and I can manipulate food so easily. And I know that about myself. That is what it means for me to be in fit spiritual condition, that I know who I am. I know who God, I, that's just the way I am. It's just, it's honoring you know, the spirit in me to admit I am a food addict. I am a compulsive overeater. I um, I appreciate the opportunity to do service. Service is a very important part of my recovery program. Um, uh, I learned so much from my sponsees, um, from the people that I talk to on a daily basis. I do talk to at least three other compulsive eaters every day. Um, I I have a meditation that I listen to every morning and one that I go to sleep to every night. I've done it for years. Um, And, you know, I... I, 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 I try to practice anonymity, but obviously yesterday I didn't. You know, I gossiped. I'm not perfect, but I am. I, there is a proven workable message by which we can arrest our illness, and the illness manifests in physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental obsessions. And, um, and the solution is a spiritual uh, transformation, um, awakening, um, which which is ongoing for me. I always wanted the burning bush, and um, then I would know that that God, higher power, was really real in my life. And the, the, what I have come to believe is um, is that a minute? One minute remaining. Thank you so much. What I have come to believe is that the burning bush for me is the fact that I didn't eat compulsively today. And and all I have to do tomorrow is what I did today because it worked. And that is a miracle because my natural state um, as a food addict is to be eating and to have a power greater than myself who has, you know, um, given me the grace just for today to do what I need to do to, um, and it takes a lot of work. And it's not easy. And it's inconvenient sometimes. I'm going to tell you, it's inconvenient sometimes. And it's given me a life of freedom 
from the, my body, freedom of the mind, compulsion, freedom from worry about what other people think and, and um, do, freedom from resentments and fears and, you know, just for, just for the day, just for the best of the day. Best time. Um, thank you so much. And OA is my group, my tribe. It's where I fit. It's where I belong. It's where I need to be. It's where I need to stay. Thank you for being here. I'm Mary F. in Florida, and my number is 941-321-8756. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much.